0: Hey everyone, my name is Yaro and you're listening to the DIY Small Business Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm excited to talk today about the last three years on Patreon. I can't believe how quickly they have passed and I've been thinking about what I would share with people who are starting out now and what I what I kind of learned and what I would do differently if I was starting over now. So yeah, I hope this will be useful for you. A few updates from me I took last week off which felt really good because I'm recording this on November 2nd so it's Monday of US election week now and it just feels good to have rested a little bit more so that I could meet this week in kind of relatively good spirits I would say. I'm still super nervous as I'm sure we all are and just hoping for the best Um, and thinking also about what kind of world i dreaming of beyond elections and beyond centralized power and all those kinds of things. And um, so, <laughs> yeah, I will let you know what insights unfold. I will say I had some really strange dreams. Um, I dreamed, for example, the other night that I was flying out to New York to cast a vote. And then I, in another dream, had a shower with Boris Johnson and tried to convince him of anarchy, which <laughs> was really wild um so clearly my mind has a lot to process I would say and the other thing I will say is that I'm going to be on a winter break for three weeks over the holidays and I think I'm mainly just saying that because I want to encourage everyone who's running a small business to start planning for their own holidays as well and to make sure you're putting things in place now that will help you kind of rest at the end of the year and just honor how wild it's been. If you can, in any way, give yourself a break. I think that's a really good thing to do. And the op- the embodied business community is going to start open uh, opening again in January. I'm going to be back myself around the 11th, so I believe that's when I will open. We'll have 15 spots again for the year. And yeah, if you uh, want to hear about that, feel free get to get on the mail uh, on the waitlist, and you'll get a reminder when it opens. Um, It does happily to say, oh, I'm glad to say, oh my God, where's my language this morning? I'm trying to say, I'm glad it does um, sell out now and it's just a really beautiful community of people. I'm glad that we can give each other so much support. We have calls live every, almost every week and there's a really active Mighty Networks community as well as a 10-module course So I think it's a really beautiful, big package with a lot of support for your small business in, I would say, the first uh, zero to five years of building it. So let's dive into the topic for today. So many of you have been asking me about Patreon in the last two weeks, and I really appreciate these questions and I want to keep them coming because... I enjoy making solo episodes for this podcast and it's really great to know what people are currently working with and what they would like episodes about. So Patreon, in case you don't know, is a subscription platform that has been around, I would say maybe five years or something like that. Um, I started mine at the end of 2017, it must be. And uh, yeah, a few things have changed. Um, there's There's a bunch of additional functionality um, you can choose, for example, between charging people monthly or per project. So for example, if you're writing songs, you could say pledge X amount for every new song that I'm bringing out, um, or you can make it quarterly, whatever works for you. You can now also charge people for the year ahead, which is uh, quite cool. So they have paid once. You can give them a discount for that if you want, um, but yeah. yeah. I would say that Patreon isn't perfect. Um, It has not been great historically for sex workers. Um, I don't know exactly what the situation is now. I believe there are sex workers who are very successful on Patreon. Um, But generally, I think there are limitations on what kind of content you can share on there, um, which in some ways I really think is a shame. And yeah, so that's important to say. Um, And also at the same time, I think that the Patreon model has really dramatically change the ways in which we fund DIY media and as you know that's something I'm really passionate about. I think it's really important that we bring stories out and hear stories out from the margins that maybe don't have a place in mainstream publishing and I also think that this more direct interaction between people and makers has so much beautiful potential for healing the ways in which we trade with each other and learn together and kind of actively participate in the process of making rather than just consuming stuff so that's how I feel (laughs) more broadly Patreon has over the years become a really important part of my business and it's really allowed me to be a lot more creative a lot more spontaneous with the kind of stuff that I'm creating and of course it gives me a little bit more financial stability and having a regular monthly income that I can count on in addition to kind of more project-based income that I have I'm aware of two alternatives to Patreon. If you're interested in that, one is some people I've seen have just put up some PayPal subscription buttons on their site, and that saves you the Patreon fees, which is cool. And um, Patreon still um, has its own fees, which is you know its own thing, I guess. Um, I would I w- wish I wouldn't need to use PayPal in my business, but I do because I'm handling so many different currencies and. Found that even Stripe or similar solutions aren't necessarily better, but it does cost quite a bit in fees, and of course that's not great. The other alternative is called Comradery, um, and um, that comes up. Wait, let me see. It's I think it's at camaraderie.com and it's um, yeah, a new subscription-based platform that is um, co- collaboratively owned. So. Um, At the moment, I believe they're in a beta phase and you can um, request an invitation and then become involved. And I think that sounds really cool. And I'm really curious to see how that unfolds. I haven't switched at this point because I have a lot of patrons already. And at the moment, if I'm totally honest, don't have the capacity to be involved with the process of kind of organizing together across the platform in a way that would feel in entirety to me. Um, but yeah, like I said, I'm interested in it and I will definitely kind of um, keep an eye out for that. So I want to share a little bit about my story with Patreon. I started my Patreon account after two and a half years of podcasting to support Daydream Walls mainly. Um, I think this podcast that you are listening to now was really new at the time. And so Daydream Walls had been running longer and it had grown its own audience And that came to be really initially it was a personal blog. So I almost six years ago started my web design business and then it grew into tech support and social media and business mentoring and the embodied business community that I now run. Um, But in the very beginning of the web design business, I still had some older personal blog posts on my web design website. And so I wanted those to have their own space and move that over to what was then daydreamwalls.com, and that grew kind of by itself. If I'm honest, I feel pretty cringy about the blog posts from that time, and like I think I have deactivated most of them. Um, you know, I was just in my late 20s having a lot of feelings and sharing about them, and that's okay, and I'm, I'm not really, really embarrassed or shameful, but I think it's probably not stuff that I would write now. And that's also the nature of the internet, right? Like we need space to experiment, to find our own voice and become kind of clearer about what we actually want to talk about. And I think for me this has definitely also been a process of just exploring my own thoughts and values that have definitely shifted over time and maybe that wouldn't have happened in the, in that way if I hadn't, hadn't given myself that space. And about a year into doing that I just um, felt like... Writing wasn't really sparking joy, <laughs> to use Marie Kondo words for me anymore. And so I started podcasting instead, and I really didn't have have big expectations. I just wanted to um, experiment with another medium and share my thoughts. Initially, it was just going to be me. And then uh, eventually, I started um, doing interviews with people, and it just kind of grew from there. And I also, in that process, kind of became clearer about what I'm most passionate about sharing, and yeah, so I think Daydream was wasn't meant to be a business initially, but it just gave me so much joy to share my own practices. So I started talking about self and community care and rituals and grief work and um, meditations and journaling and being creative and all those things. And yeah, more and more people said yes to being interviewed. And then eventually, I thought a Patreon might be a really great way to kind of justify spending more time on that project, inviting more people in, publishing more podcast episodes, and then also kind of adding some additional content. So my first offering for people who started with me and the Patreon almost three years ago was called Monthly Magic, um, and later it was called Embodied Magic, and it ran for two years and was a monthly subscription for a ritual kit. So I would record meditations and journaling proms and I would put together tarot spreads and um, playlists and I was also offering um, movement rituals that were auto-recorded and it was really really great fun. We had a theme each month something like boundaries or protection or um, expansion or dreaming and so around that I would offer a ritual kit to people and obviously that's a lot of content that I now have archived. Um, it's Yeah, I made 24 of those ritual kits in total, and 13 of those are now in an accessible archive, so I'm no longer creating that new content monthly. But people who now become patrons, they get um, access to the 13 ritual kits that I like best, and they can access them all at once, and they can also receive an email series that's automated that kind of leads them through these 13 cycles over a year. So yeah, that was really fun to make, and I think people are still enjoying that content and dipping in and, in and out of that as, as they wish and kind of needed. And um, half a year into doing that, I also recorded an online course for this business, for Yarrow Digital, which was initially an aid model um, online course on building a business. And it was really kind of covering the basics like um you know what do I even want to offer who do I want to offer it to and what format is it going to be what kind of pricing model will work for me how do I build a website what is branding um how do I work with social media all those kinds of big questions that we ask ourselves in the beginning and that are hard to figure out on your own and so I wanted to kind of create a soundboard I guess um and the course was pretty heavy also on me doing screen share videos. So I would record myself sharing my screen and really kind of show people step by step how I would set up um, stuff in the background, which um, I heard was pretty helpful for people. Um, and that course over the first six months grew into 10 modules. I kind of fleshed things out a little bit more um, and I invited people to. Uh, take part in the course and kind of receive access to it by pledging $11 on my Patreon or $11 or more. So the monthly magic was available from $3 up. So people would pledge $3, $6, or $9. And then $11 or more was for people who wanted to take the business course. And now you could argue that um, like a 10-module business course and many other spaces on the internet cost a lot more than $11. And there have been definitely like a small handful of people, I would say, who just pledge for one month um you know took the course and then kind of cancelled their pledge and I mean yeah I think that's just part of having that kind of setup and I'm okay with that overall I really trust people to value my time and energy and to think about whether they want to take part and of course I'm also not forcing people to pledge long term and also I understand that people's situation financially will change and that that's okay and obviously in my business I'm thinking a lot about pricing and um, what is fair and how do we price courses especially I think is a really big and and complicated topic and there's so much um, there there are big schools of thought out there I think that will say you know charging 800 for a pre-recorded self-study course is totally fine and um that is because it will create such change in the people doing it and therefore you can justify that and also it's years of your own learning that goes into that course and i agree with some of that but i think it's really not as straightforward as that and i think we need to yeah definitely kind of question whether we are blowing up the online course market in that way a bit and i think the particular concerns i have with that is that a, this is only accessible to relatively wealthy people. And secondly, I think self-study courses really have limitations when it comes to how we implement what we're learning and how we stay engaged. So a few years ago, I heard that about only 10% of people who take self-study courses finish them, which makes sense to me. I know myself, I've taken many courses that I haven't completely finished. And that feels shit. And I think, there are definitely topics where you can kind of let a spark for people or you can show and explain something that maybe can be implemented in a weekend. So um, my friend Sophie Dale, for example, has a course called Sales Page Love Letter where she just shares um, at sophiedale.com, Sophie with a Y, um, about um, how to write a really good sales page. And I think that's something, you know, it's a really practical task that you can get great and straightforward inspiration and advice for and then you do that thing but for longer term courses that are very personal and transformative I think sometimes we just need the accountability and support of a community or of, an, of a teacher that is accessible and so I think yeah those two limitations are what I see as a kind of side tangent but um, I feel that I haven't, I've never regretted offering my courses um, at such an affordable price I find that many people have stayed a patron for a long time, they've participated in different offerings that I had over the years. And I feel really happy about that because I think there's a mutual beneficial effect here in that people, you know, pledge a little bit of financial support every month to my business and in return they get to participate in whatever they want to at the time and we both win. I don't have to do complicated launches. I don't have to do scarcity marketing where I say stuff like you have 48 hours to sign up for this thing and then it's gone forever. Um and that feels good to me because I don't want to have that kind of stress in my business. Um I have changed things a little bit. So for example, with the business course that was initially part of the Patreon it's now no longer part of Patreon and it's grown into more of a community. So this is what it's now, the embodied business community. It still has the 10 module course at the core, but it also has monthly group support sessions. We have um, twice a month live workshops that are themed. We have co-working spaces, monthly accountability posts. I'm going to add a tech support hour every month from January. So it's really much more interactive. There's so many ways to receive support from me within the community. So it's not at all comparable um, to the course that I was offering that was then on Teachable. And so, yeah, I charge for that uh, per year. It costs $300. People commit to the whole year, so I'm now no longer offering people to kind of dip in and out of that because I really want, like, a small intimate group of people who really get to know each other and are committed for the year together to build their businesses. And I'm opening that three times a year. So that feels good to me because I think at the point where I got really excited um, about really making it a community, no longer made sense to um yeah let people come in and out and I also felt like eleven dollars wasn't a fair reflection of the kind of work that I was putting into and and that's something that just naturally evolved over time so it didn't predict that but I think that's you know to me it's a value to kind of let my business grow organically and check back with myself over time and change things as I need to and that has worked well for me um let me check my notes here really quickly I don't want to forget sharing anything yeah I think I will say that the the low initial prices for courses that I was offering kind of really helped me get the Patreon off the ground I sadly don't remember how quickly it grew but I I think as like a very rough guide after a year I got to about maybe 70 or 80 Patreons and then Um, a little bit later I reached 100 which was really great the most I ever had was I think 170 and then at the moment I have 150 which always fluctuates a little bit especially around the first of the month because sometimes pledges don't go through and that kind of limits you know the count for a moment and then people come back um and that's just a, a natural part of the process I guess um and yeah, so so shifting things over from um, allowing people to pledge to take part in the business course to kind of having that be a separate thing that people pay for um, has obviously meant that my patrons pl- uh, dipped a little bit. So because people um, chose to become part of the community long term, and then some people, you know, that is all is always the case. Just we're no longer finding the course useful and therefore cancelled their pledges or their financial situation has changed and so payments kind of moved away from patreon in part to uh, mighty networks which is where i I now host the community and that's okay as well so yes i have a few uh followers less than i had at the peak but um there's good reasons for that and i think generally and i will maybe (laughs) record another whole episode and that and at some point it's really good to learn to work around contractions in business and accept that that is um, a natural part as well and like only capitalism really has this idea that we should always be growing and it doesn't necessarily have to be like that. I'm really happy I switched to Mighty Networks. Um, The business course was initially unteachable and there is a functionality where you can comment on stuff but Mighty Networks really is a space where you can facilitate a community i think way better it's specifically built for that purpose and it feels almost like your own facebook except it's not on facebook and um everyone has their own profile and can talk to each other and can attend events and share stuff so that's cool um the other thing i think is interesting is that I always invite people to consider whether they want to launch a Patreon or their courses, or or do continuous promotion. So, launching has the benefit that you have a kind of limited time of promotion in which you can go all out in a way that feels good to you and get people to sign up. Versus continuous promotion can be slower, and it can really, um, yeah, it can really be important to think about how you're going to keep talking about your thing. if your your thing is not time-limited. I had, I think, two years, uh, year three and four in my business where I officially had like a launch-free business module. And I just kind of continuously enrolled people in the courses that I was offering. And I wasn't having launches as such. And I really found that to be peaceful and good at the time because the launches that I had tried to do before felt really stressful. I was kind of still finding my own voice. I was questioning the way... Things were done and I hadn't figured out another way of doing it. And so that was the right thing for me at the time. And now I feel happy about the way that I launched the Embodied Business Community because I open three times a year. I um, have 15 spots each time. They always sell out. I just send two emails and do a few Instagram posts Um, mention it on the podcast, and that's pretty much it. So it's not a massive operation, and it doesn't have to be, and that feels good. Um, And again, that's not something that I could have predicted. I think trust is a word that really comes up for me when I think about this, because you know, building the Patreon initially in the way that I did was really about trusting myself to make it work, and also to trust people to not necessarily come for just one month, take all I had to offer basically, and then leave. And again, I think that's, um, if, if you can, and, and I understand that, I think having that kind of trust also comes from the place of privilege that I was in of having had an already partly established business to be able to take that leap. But it feels good to explore that. And um, yeah, I hope we all get the chance to do that. Um, another thing that has worked for me on Patreon is to offer temporary incentives. So sometimes when I had time in my calendar, Um, and I was still promoting the monthly um, magic, for example, I would say, you know, everyone who becomes a patron this week gets a one-card tarot reading from me. And I really enjoyed doing those. Um, I don't have enough time for them anymore, but I really loved them when I did them, and I think people really enjoyed that as well. Um, What I'm doing at the moment, which I really love, like, oh my God, love them so much, (laughs) is that I have... um, so okay wait wait <laughs> i'm gonna organize my thoughts so when people now become patrons at any level they get access to the embodied magic archive of the 13 ritual kits and then they get access to all my digital zines they get access to workshop recordings i did early in the year There's one for example on tarot as a light in the dark one on writing zines and then they also get access to any live courses that i offer and over the summer I offered a six-week program called Unravel, which was exploring breathwork and grief tending, which was really cool. Um, I think 60, 60 or 70 people signed up for the program. Not everyone came live, but people really loved it, and I had very sweet feedback. And then at the moment, I'm in the very last week of another six-week program that I did what I'm doing, is, which is called Dream. And it's pretty simple, to be honest. It's not, again, not a massive operation, but basically I'm offering... Um, an email every Friday with three journaling prompts, um, a guided meditation on creativity and then every Saturday we're meeting for 45 minute sessions in which we just kind of journal together or write uh, or work on any creative projects that we're currently working in and there's always a check-in in in the beginning, sometimes I'm reading a quote or I'm drawing an oracle card and then we just quietly write or make together and then we check in again at the end and I made this because I felt really strongly that it wasn't a time to offer more content or like teach anything specific but uh, you know we're all in different kinds of lockdowns and isolation and I just really wanted togetherness and the simplicity of committing to being in a creative process together and so I really now feel like I'm making things that I want myself and that feels really easy and joyful because I don't have to overthink that and I can be spontaneous and people seem to like it. Of course, I still get people who you know, cancel their pledge and that's totally okay. Um, but overall, I, f- I feel like people are responding positively to what I make. And I think for me, this balance between offering six-week live programs when I feel like it and when an idea comes up, and then the rest of the year offering all these recorded things um, and the podcast, of course, like that feels really good. It gives me more freedom to work with my own energy and limitations and also to experiment more. So actually the dream program with the 45-minute sessions on Saturday, for example, I love so much that I'm now offering those um, creativity sessions every Saturday to all patrons through winter um because you know like I said in the beginning it's election week and in Europe we're going back into lockdown there's a lot of uncertainty a lot of loneliness and a lot of exhaustion and I think that is the best thing that I can offer it comforts me it comforts the people who take part and I feel proud that I can offer it at a relatively affordable rate I kind of wish that you know people who couldn't afford it and they come to all the live sessions will Pledge a little bit more than $3, that would feel good to me because it is also work. But I also just feel really happy that I don't have to be, you know, paranoid about being taken advantage of because overall, there's a good amount of people already pledging. um, And I feel that I can justify kind of the time that I spend on offering these things. So yeah, that's where I'm currently at. Um, That's also part of my long term plan. I'm really excited about those Saturday sessions and I I see Patreon being a long-term part of my business and I have a lot of gratitude for what it has allowed me to do and how it has allowed me to connect with people in a different way and really question the ways we launch things and learn together and, and make things in the world. So yeah, I hope this has been useful for you and I think really my main takeaway is, again, if I'm starting out now, would be to think really carefully about what I'm committing to. If making monthly content feels too much for you right now, I think that's totally fine. And I think it's, it's tricky to overcommit and then adjust. I've seen many people kind of let go of their Patreon for that reason. I think that's a shame. I think it's beautiful to be honest and transparent with people and say like, you know, this is I'm hoping this will do for me this is what I have to offer this is how we can work together and then really to be in it for the long game which is I know easier to say than do but it's really been allowing myself to be in this process of exploration and refinement over years that has got me to a place now that feels so joyful and playful um Yeah, I think that's it. Let me know if you have any questions. Thank you so much for listening.